You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Nam, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. Right, we're, we're continuing on in the uh, Tomer Devora chapter 5, uh, and uh, this chapter is uh, explicating uh, elements of uh, the, the divine virtue of chesed, or kindness, or loving kindness, uh, and is, uh, is, like the rest of the Tomer Devora, going to talk about how, going to describe... Uh, uh, how that virtue works in the in the divine realm, and the, how uh, human beings might be able to emulate it. But the interesting thing is um, that uh, that that Cordovero doesn't go for the low lying fruit here. Right? So um, most of the classical examples that the rabbis give for for uh, imitating God are in the realm of uh, gemilut chasadim. And so if you look in the Talmud um, at the sort of classic text for, for what the rabbis say about emulating God, they say, you know, just as God buries the dead, so should you bury the dead, just as God uh, 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 visits the sick, so should you visit the sick, etc., etc. And those are classically, you know, acts of gemilut chasadim, acts of loving kindness. Um, and the understanding is by doing those, we are acting as God acts in the world. And that, but that's not really what Cordovero uh, describes here as, uh, as uh, emulating chesed. Instead of talking about those, which I think he doesn't really talk about them because I think he perceives them as obvious. Um, you know, the, so I don't need to mention those because Jewish sources have already talked about them. So I'm going to talk about a, a different dimension of emulating God's chesed. And so what he says is, just as God shows us kindness, we have an opportunity to show God kindness. Opportunity or obligation? I guess obligation. I guess obligation. Um, I was trying to be a little bit softer, but uh, but yes, right. I think you would say. I think you say this is how a person ought to act. Um, and uh, but but what's interesting about it is that, uh, and a little bit confusing about it is that he uses the the language of the kinds of acts we're supposed to do ben adam we're supposed to do between uh, person to person as uh, models for how we're supposed to show that kind of love and kindness to God. Right. So we last week talked about um, uh, different attributes of, uh, or just, excuse me, different behaviors of, uh, of uh, um, relating to a newborn baby that are related to this uh, virtue of kindness and uh, circumcision, which uh, he understands as being related to this virtue of kindness. But now we get into the really kind of classic cluster of uh, visiting the sick and uh, giving uh, charity and, uh, and welcoming in guests. Uh, next week, probably not this week, uh, because for lack of a better reason, we don't have it in the English here or the Hebrew. Um, is the is uh, to um, uh, uh, to take care of uh, uh, the dead, uh, and then um, to uh, to bring a bride to her uh, to her chuppah, um, and to make peace between people. So these are sort of all the classic examples of chesed in human behavior. But he's going to describe it as um, ways that. Just as God shows us love, we can show love back to God. 
Okay, and so the first, the one, uh, the next one uh, that uh, we haven't seen yet is Shlishit, and I'm going to sort of go through these uh, fairly quickly. I'm not going to read them uh, word for word, uh, but just to give you a, a taste of what he's talking about. The reason I'm not going to do that is because um, in his description of how these things work, he gets into some very um, uh, technical kabbalistic terminology that I, personally I did not find particularly helpful in understanding what he was uh, talking about. Um, you know, if, if this is a program for behavior, I'm not exactly sure um, how technically to um, connect the sphera of beauty to the sphera of uh, kingship. Right? But that's sort of like how he describes how we're supposed to act. So there's a there's a a, a, a disconnect between the 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 world in which he's trying to communicate and the world that I'm living in that. Uh, um, doesn't have an immediate access to to this terminology. So I'm going to go through these fairly quickly to just kind of distill the essence of them for us, okay? Um, so, shlishit levakerech olimu l'refaotam. So the third thing is to uh, to visit the sick and to help in their healing. And now again, he's describing not only uh, how we do that for each other, right, that we're obligated to visit uh, uh, human beings who are sick, but he's talking about to uh, to visit God when God is sick and to heal God. It's, it's known, right, so it's known that the shchina, the, the, the imminent divine presence is lovesick for unification with the rest of the divine virtues. Right? This is a really central Kabbalistic tenet that God is broken, right, as it were. Right? Uh, and that, that uh, the reason for uh, performing the commandments, studying Torah, praying, um, is to put God back together, is to connect the imminent uh, uh, aspects of God with the more supernal aspects of God, the more transcendent aspects of God. Um, and the faith of the Kabbalists is that by doing certain things, we can actually make that uh, cosmic tikkun, that cosmic repair. That, by the way, um, is uh, uh, in, in the, the term tikkun olam, which we, throw, uh, which we use a lot in, in modern Jewish community, really has two origins. And the first origin is in rabbinic literature, where it means um, uh, social welfare. Right, so um, you know, we we uh, um, uh, we don't allow a husband to uh, to form a, a a court in another location to nullify the the get the divorce document that he had sent to his wife. Right, that's what the rabbis say. Meaning, it's not good social policy to do that because then um, a nullified get could, in a world without good communication, a, a nullified uh, divorce document could get to the wife, but she sees it and she thinks it's a real divorce document um, because she hasn't gotten the word yet that he nullified it elsewhere, and so she uh, remarries uh, on uh, the authority of the divorce document she received, which is actually invalid, and ends up committing adultery. Right? So it's not good social policy to allow a husband to nullify the get elsewhere. Right? So that's what tikkun olam means usually in the rabbinic literature. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. In, um, that, did that not make sense to some of you? Was that, did not, you could say if it didn't make sense. Did it not make sense? Um, so uh, the, the, the mystical tradition um, 
appropriates the term in a different way. They, the, the way they appropriate the term tikkun olam is um, cosmic repair. Right? Uh, so uh, our good deeds, our prayer, our, our Torah study, etc., um, is, is, a, is a manner of actually repairing the cosmos, uh, which is uh, broken uh, as, a, as a product of, of uh, the creative act. And so in order to create, God had to break himself apart. Right? This is partially a you know, sort of philosophical response to, uh, um, to one of the central questions of medieval philosophy, which is uh, how does the seeming diversity of the world that we live in uh, come from one source? If we believe in, in, in a divine unity, right, how do you explain the diversity of the world or the, the universe? Um, and one of the answers that the mystics gave is that when God created, God shattered himself. Right? And, uh, and so the, the human task is to piece creation back together, right? to unify the Godhead. Um, and so he's saying here that, uh, that the imminent divine presence is lovesick for the rest of, uh, the, rest of the divine being. Kirichtiv kicholat ahavani. Right, as it says in, in the Song of Songs, that uh, God is, uh, or, or I am, I am lovesick. Urefu, excuse me, adam But the healing of it is in the hands of a person to bring, uh, to bring the the um, the divine uh, nice um, nice medicines. samchuni ba'ashishot. Right, uh, as it says, uh, um, you should uh, stay me with uh, dainties. Uh, Ashishot is the Hebrew word for dainties. Uper right? um, It says in in, uh, in some kabbalistic literature, besod ashishot Right, so the the secret of this ashishot, this, these uh, dainties, is is uh, it means all the things that are connected to um, to God's uh, kingship. Okay, so the way we heal God, the way we provide medicine to God, is through um, uh, taking elements of the of the higher spherot, right? Um, and if you skip down to the uh, to the end of uh, this, so in the English, it's on uh, the the top of page ninety six. Uh, in the Hebrew Kuflam Zayin, um, he says that the the, the the essence here, the last sentence is Hine gamhu mechulal mipshainu medukal lirzono ma'avonotenu. Right. So the the essence of God's uh, illness is uh, a result of our transgressions. Right. So um, I, I mean, it's sort of like I was just saying. Right. So the the if our ability to heal God is uh, predicated on our capacity to do. Uh, uh, good deeds and study Torah and pray, right? Then our um, lack of doing those things or doing negative behaviors contributes even more to the uh, to the to the disconnect of of the divine, right? So um, so that uh, so it's not only that our good deeds can affect cosmic repair; it's that our bad deeds our bad deeds can uh, impact even more cosmic disunity and disrepair. Um, but the but the uh, the healing of both of them is in our hands. Right? But it's fitting to to visit them and to take care of their needs with Torah and mitzvot. Right? That's I think the the the, um, 
the the essence of what he's saying here about uh, about how to treat God as a person visiting the sick. Right? He says that the way to do that, the way to give healing to the divine, is to is to perform the commandments and to uh, study Torah. You have a question? Well, I'm. Or a comment? <laughs> You want to turn it off, or that's fine. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, the, you know it, the idea of. I didn't turn it off. Would you like me to turn it off? Well, that's no, up to you. The idea of bad deeds breaking everything apart was what was puzzling me because that doesn't sound traditionally Jewish to me. No. Um, you know, we're we're certainly supposed to do good. I recognize that we're supposed to perform mitzvot. Uh, constantly, but I've never heard the negative side, I guess the converse side of that. Yeah. So one of the responses I could give is if you were to take, you know, there, there are many a- attempts to, uh, um, to sort of distill the essence of the commandments down to like one principle, right? Um, so uh, w- one of the attempts to do that in the Talmud is, uh, is the verse, uh, Darshuni v'chai, right? Seek God and live. Right, so um, which means that really there are two uh, two essences of, of the commandments. One is to uh, to to understand uh, God, which is ultimately to understand uh, the unity that underlies all reality, and the chai, and to and to live to live through that seeking, and also to um, to promote uh, life, your own life, other people's lives. Right, so what? The, so I think that if if the to, to distill that really down, what, it, what it's saying is that the essence of all commandments, those both positive commands and negative commands, things that you're supposed to do and things that you're not supposed to do, is to, um, is to, um, is to contribute to the, the unity of, of all being, right? So when, when I, when I, um, uh, Commit a, uh, a transmission. Let's take the easy ones, or Benadam Lechavero, right? So when I steal from somebody, right? Um, what what I'm effectively doing there is I am um, I'm treating them as a disconnected part of of a larger whole, right? It doesn't. There's no real. There's no real impact um, on on anybody other than this one person that I'm stealing from, right? So I think what the what, what the what the Torah is suggesting, or what the tradition is suggesting, is that um, is that looking at that one person that you're stealing from as an isolated act actually <coughs> breaks apart the cosmos, right? You're saying that that's actually disconnected from everything else that exists. I, I guess I can understand yeah. it as bad social policy, right. as you described it earlier in a more traditional mm-hmm. way. But I, I just saying I don't think I'd ever heard that idea, which I guess is very kabbalistic of uh, breaking apart. The, now you're, now you're talking, at first you were talking about God's being broken and you put him back together again. Mm-hmm. And then, now you're talking about something else. Not if you think about it in, uh, in so the, the, the mystics were... Um, you're talking about the cosmos. Yeah, so the, right, but the, the mystics did one of two things. They either equated God with the cosmos... Right. Um, or they were, I think, uh, what, what's, what's described usually as panentheist, which means that um, God is God is reality and God transcends reality. So God is both of those things. But when, but still, 
that means that when you talk about the universe, right, when you talk about the world, when you talk about human beings, when you talk about trees, when you talk, you're still actually talking about God. Oh, right? Those are just uh, um, uh, garments for the divine. Right. So what that what that means that so that, I think that may be uh, uh, an important component of what I'm saying. So what that means is that when you um, don't treat another person, or when you don't treat uh, uh, nature, when you don't right, when you don't treat them as uh, the divine that's at their core, but act, but you treat them as the garment. Right. It it's it it contributes to uh, the, a a, a, um, a a splintering of of God. Right. It says, okay, well that's not God. I am, that might be, right, but that's not, right? Um, so, so in this worldview, at least, and if you, if you ask my own theology, right, um, I, that really resonates true to me, right? So the, um, I think that, you know, one of the reasons that, uh, um, that, that Jews are, are, have historically been such committed monotheists is that monotheism is, a, is an ethical value, right? Um, so one way of looking at that is okay. Well, so there's what you know, one source of morality, right? And that's a um, you know, there's not a you know, sort of different warring moralities, right? So there's an essentialist perspective on it, right? But another way of looking at it is right, um, is that monotheism means um, that uh, that that existence is at its core oneness, right? And that means that um, that we can't treat each other as um, distinct. Uh, and disparate parts, um, you know, and and I think that that's you know, so that's not only true uh, that don't, that doesn't ring true to me only metaphysically and ethically, but also scientifically, right? So the universe exploded in one atom, right? All of us are the are are the products of a of a singularity, right? Um, so there is a seeming diversity in the cosmos, but it's but it's um, ultimately illusory, right? I'm made up as the same stuff as you. Um, and I'm connected to you through uh, energy and vibrating pockets of energy, right? But we're made up, and I made up the same stuff um, ultimately as the trees outside and the rocks outside and the sun and the stars and the moon, right? We're all made up of all that stuff. So that means that if I if I um, uh, treat anything in the in in the world or even in the universe as um, as somehow different or distinct. Right then, I am violating. Uh, then I'm violating my commitment to monotheism. But even I just want to like to go back to the statement that you mentioned, Darshani Bechai, and you interpret it in the classic way. When you seek God, you will live. You could also translate it as, as you seek God, God will live, which is mm. the more uh, Kabbalistic way that we give life to God as we <coughs> seek God mm-hmm. and we make God happy and uh, so it kind of uh, it allows us to, to, to look at that statement even that uh, in the same way Cordover is uh, teaching us Okay, so actually, why don't I let Rabbi Rosenwasser have the uh, last word there because of the time, and we'll pick up... Uh, no, no, no. It, it, it's a worthy word to end on, and we'll pick up uh, uh, next week. <laughs>